Guys, can we just take a moment? I'd like to just pray for our country for a minute. I want to thank all of those who have given their life for our freedom. Uh, if you are in the military or have been in the military, I just want you to stand up real quick. I'd like to recognize you. I know there's quite a few guys here, Ruth, I know. Let's give them a hand. <clears throat> Thank you. You guys may be seated. Let's just pray over our country for a second. Heavenly Father, we just come to you. Oh, Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you are faithful. You are good, Father God. Father, we just ask now, we declare that righteous men and women, Father, will flourish, Lord. Father, we thank you for each man and woman who are standing up for your your righteousness. Father, we just ask now that the angel of the Lord will camp, encamp around all who fear you, Lord, and rescue those from evil men. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you will deliver us from the evil one. And we declare this morning that America is blessed because we take refuge in you and in you alone. Lord, we declare this morning that you are our refuge and strength, our very present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. May the spirit of fear that has been poured out upon this land be uprooted and no longer be a controlling force in this country in Jesus' name. Father, we declare that we will run and not be weary. We will walk and not be faint that you have sent your word to heal us and to deliver us. And Father, we ask and declare that your light has come upon us. The glory of the Lord is risen upon America. Father, behold the darkness that covers the earth, the deep darkness that is out there, but the Lord will again rise up. The Lord will again bring her people, his people back to him, and his glory will appear upon us. Thank you, Father. And Father, we declare revival in these last days. We declare revival in these last days. A repentance, a restoration, and a renewal to our nation and our country. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Well, guys, I'm going to pray over our tithes and offerings here. Um, I have a scripture over our tithes, and it's just something that the Lord continued to remind me of, and it was this. It's in Romans 11:16. It says this, For if the first fruit is holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. And I was just, I was, as I think about this scripture, basically as we give back our first fruits, as we give back the beginning of what God has given us, and we declare that to be holy in his, what the scripture says is that makes all of it holy in his, amen? Because all of it's his anyway. So we thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord, for every gift, every giver. Father, we thank you, Lord, that even when the first fruit is holy, you cause everything to be holy on our behalf. 
Father, we thank you and we worship you. We give you all the honor and the praise and the glory. We thank you for every bill to be paid in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for a blessing over Jeremy and Jocelyn Gall. Father God, as they minister here over the next month. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are the one who adds daily to those who are being saved. And Father, we ask and we declare and we decree that there will be those saved daily in this church, Father God. We thank you, Lord, this church is not built on Pastor Jim and Pam Dumont or Pastors Jason and Liz Ackerman, but this is a a church that is built on you. You are the cornerstone of this church. We rely and we trust solely in you, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen, amen, amen. Okay, open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 8. This is going to be the last of the series that I've been doing called What Hinders You? What hinders you? And I believe this is week number five. I'm going to share a tough one with you this morning. Yeah, everyone's excited? Yes, Pastor Jason, please challenge us greatly before you walk away and leave for a couple weeks. I was like, this is the perfect week to do it. Because even if you all get mad at me, Guess what happens? You won't see me for a couple weeks. So when you do see me, you'll forget all the reasons why you may have been mad at me. I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. Acts chapter 8, sort of. Then Philip opened his mouth, starting in verse 35. Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at the scripture, preached Jesus to him. Now as they went down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized. Then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. So the question I've been asking over the past couple weeks is, what hinders you? What hinders me? What hinders us from going deeper with the Lord? What hinders us from taking the next step in our walk with him? We had, we had some bap, uh, baptismal service, uh, water baptism. Last week, we talked a lot about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We talked about how doubt and unbelief is a hindrance. We talked about how self-pity is a hindrance. We talked about self-doubt, how that can be a hindrance in our life. We talked last week about a lack of power in the utilization of the baptism of the Holy Spirit as being a hindrance. And this morning, I want to talk about hindrance number five. You guys ready? Pride. Pride. And there are so many facets and aspects of pride. I certainly cannot touch on all of them this morning. But I do want to touch on at least one of them this morning because I think it's important. It links to this summer. It links to this time uh, that Liz and I are taking. I think it's important for us to hear and be challenged in here. How many of you guys know the Ten Commandments? Come on, kids. You guys know the Ten Commandments. You, re- you remember you remember those? They're actually in two different places in the Bible. Uh, they're in Exodus. Uh, they're also in Deuteronomy. Uh, but I want to read Exodus 20, and I want to read out of verse number 8, starting in verse 8. Exodus 20, verse 8. Now, I'm not going to read through all the commandments, but I think a lot of you know, okay, we should put no other God before our God. We should make no other idols. We shouldn't lie. We shouldn't cheat. We shouldn't steal, we shouldn't covet, 
We need to honor our father and mother. All these commands, and we all give the amen, absolutely. New Testament, we got to keep doing those things, absolutely. We don't ever want to miss any of those things. And then there's this one that I'm going to read this morning. Then there's this little one that kind of nags us right in the middle of these commandments and say, well, I don't really know if this one is really for me. The rest, the other nine, good. But this one, I just don't know if I like this one quite so much. I just don't know if I like this one quite as much. Let's read it together. Exodus 20, verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all of your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work. You, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor the stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. And this just really caught my attention as we have been preparing for this time uh, to kind of just get alone and get, and get with God. And as you read the Ten Commandments, do you know this one has the most written about it? If you look at all the other commandments, it's just like, you know, there's maybe this much written, maybe just a verse, maybe a scripture or two. This one, God decides to dedicate in both places that he writes about it, in Deuteronomy and in Exodus, he's dedicating three to four verses on this thing because he knows that when we read it, we would just decide typically as our flesh would just to blow right by it. We just blow right by it. Well, you know, rest. You know, I, I don't quite understand that. I, I think it just means sleeping more. And so, you know, that sleep's not for me. You know, I had, I had a guy, this is terrible, I'm going to say it's not in my notes. I had a guy that used to work with that GE. He would work the craziest hours. He would be in the office at 5 a.m. He would leave at 7 p.m. And then he would go home, he would eat dinner, and he would work out from 9 p.m. to midnight then he would jump in his hot tub to relax for a few minutes, go to bed and do it all over again. I was like, dude, what are you doing? He goes, oh, you know, I'll sleep when I'm dead. And I was just like, what are you talking about? Like, that is like the worst philosophy of life. Like, he just would run himself down constantly. And I think all of us, we have this thought that, like, we have to get more and more and more done. We have to get more done. And I'm going to talk, I'm going to show you some things in the Word of God today that that is not God's intention for us. You say, well, Pastor Jason, you know, the Bible says don't be weary of doing good. So don't be weary of it. It says faith without works is dead. So we need to keep on working, work harder, work harder. Well, guess what the Bible also says? Be still and know that I am God. Do you know how hard it is for us to be still in America? If I were to challenge all of you to just not move for like 60 seconds, do you know that many of you would struggle with that? You'd be like, right, I have to do something. You start twiddling your thumbs, you start looking. I mean, honestly, we, you know, when we go home, when we walk around our house, like if I was sit on the couch, how many of you guys do this, right? You sit on the couch and like you don't have anything with you and you just sit down and you're like, 
Where's my phone? Yeah? Where's the remote? Where's, the, where's that? Do I have a book I can read? Is there something I can do? Do, 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 do. America is all about doing. But the Lord is reminding us. He didn't, the Lord is reminding us that every single one of us, and he's saying every week, need to take a moment, take some time and set it aside to rest. And we just, we act like this is not one of the Ten Commandments. I'm included, guys. Liz had mentioned it earlier. We struggle with this. Here's what the, Lord, here's what the Bible says in Luke chapter 10. So well, what does this have to do with pride? We're going to get there in a minute. Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 38, says, Now it happened that as they went, that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. Verse 41 says, And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. Interesting. Jesus didn't say, oh, you're, you're working too hard. He said, you are working so hard because you are trying to do, you are actually worried about something. You're fretting about something. And in, in times in our life, we actually do things in order to forget the things that the Lord is really wanting to work on in our own life. Because we got distracted. Martha was distracted. She actually was worried and troubled about many things. And she distracted herself by being busy. And how many of us distract ourselves by being busy so we don't have to deal with the pain? So we don't have to say, Jesus, I need you to work on this. You know, I'm just going to do it. My, I'm going to pull myself up by my bootstraps, right? This is like this phrase in America. I don't even know what that means. It doesn't even make any sense. How do you pull yourself up by your bootstraps? So it doesn't even, I don't even get it. But Jesus called out, said, you are worried and troubled about many things. She is distracted. Verse 42, but one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Mary was doing what? She was sitting at Jesus' feet. Turn to Matthew chapter 11, the very end of the chapter. I'm going to read at the end of 11 and in verse and the beginning of 12. Starting in verse 28 says this, it says, come to me. This is Jesus calling us to him. Come to me, all you, every one of us, all you who labor and are heavy laden. And what does it promise? And I will give you rest. It doesn't say work more. It doesn't say strive more. It says, come to me and I will give you rest. Verse 29 says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. 
For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Look at that. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Listen to that. You know what that you know what the yoke is, how it like sits or basically sits over two oxen that are pulling a heavy load. And this imagery here is us being hooked up to this heavy load, but Jesus also being hooked up to the heavy load with us. And if you think of it, and you just picture this, if you try to pull ahead of where Jesus is or where he's going, guess what? You struggle, you strain, you fight, you get nowhere. But he says, learn from me, which means stay hooked to him. Don't try to get out in front of him. If he's moving this way, then you move this way with him. If Jesus is moving this way, then you move this way with him. You are learning to follow the commands and the leads of Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. In chapter 12 of Matthew, it says, For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. In verse 9 says, then, it says, now that he had departed from there, he went into the synagogue, and behold, there was a man who had a withered hand. And they asked him, saying, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath, that they might accuse him? And he went to them, what man is among you who has one sheep, and when it falls into the pit on the Sabbath, will not lay hold of it and lift it out? How much more value, then, is a man than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. And he said to the man, stretch out your hand, and he stretched it out, and it was restored as whole as the other. Then the Pharisees went out and plotted against him how they might destroy him. And what I want to point out in this story is that just because the Old Testament calls for us to take a Sabbath rest, and we look at that, and what is that in the context of the New Testament, what does that look like? It doesn't mean we can't still do good for the Lord on the Sabbath. But nowhere does he remove, nowhere does he remove the commandment that says, you need to rest. It's still there. It doesn't go. He says, I'm the Lord of it. Come to me, those who are, are heavy laden or burdened and are tired. He says, come to me. But he doesn't say, well, you know what? But you don't have to rest. He says, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. So I truly believe the real issue here, why we don't rest, is pride. Pride is this, in this context, is believing you can do more on your own in seven days than with God in six. I'll say it again. I got a lot of mmms. <laughs> That's like, you know, it's kind of like an amen, but it's like mmm. It's like oof. Pride is believing you can do more on your own in seven days than with him in six. You know, it's funny because as a church, we talk a lot about tithing. We're just like, absolutely. The Lord takes that 90% and somehow he makes it go further than the 100%. Every single time he does it. I just don't know how the Lord does it. But I don't hear a whole lot of us saying, I can't believe how God makes my six days of work seem to go farther than it is with seven days. That's not something I hear a whole lot of. I don't know, maybe you do. 
But I believe that's what God is calling us to. In this day where it seems to be we have to do more, there's more access to media, more things we can look at, more things we can read. You can have any book, anytime you want to read it by just downloading it on your computer. You don't have to wait for anything. And I believe that that's not healthy for us. And look, I'm preaching to myself this morning because this is difficult for me as well. So if this is pride, then how do we do battle against this so we can rest? What does this actually look like? Turn to 1 Peter 5. The Bible lays out kind of a game plan on what to do here and how to do it. And I love that the Bible writes messages for me that I don't have to come up with them myself. Praise God. It says 1 Peter 5, starting in verse 5. Likewise, you younger people... Submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. This should just be like a red flag to us right now. That's right, the amens come out. God resists the proud. He actually resists it. So if you think you can do more in seven days without him, he is actually resisting that. You're like, wait a second, what? But I got the award, you know, at my work for working more overtime hours than anybody else in the entire company. Well, that's great. If the Lord told you to do that, that's great. I'm not saying anything anything about that. But I will say this, the Lord had better have told you to win that award. And I think in today's society and culture, we struggle with this because there are sporting events that happen every day of the week. There's never a break for parents. There's never a moment where you can sit down as a family and just rest and be together and play a board game. Like, what is that? Maybe some of you play board games every week. I'm going to play some board games in June. God resists the proud. He is actually resisting you when you think you can do more in seven days on your own than in six days with him. But he gives grace to the humble. So look at this. Therefore, humble yourselves. This is verse 6. Under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. So let's look at this plan of action. What do we do? The first one, uh, verse 7. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. The very first way for you, in order to be able to enter rest and to trust in him, to say, you know what, Lord, I'm giving this to you, is to cast your cares onto him. You have to cast them onto him. You can't lay heavy burden and continue to hold on to him. You have to cast your cares to him. And that word cast means literally to throw him. I mean, to throw them. You think of casting a fishing line? No. Because what do you do with a fishing line? Yeah, you bring it right back, right? This is not the type of casting we're talking about. It's like, oh, here I have this care and concern. Let me throw it to God just for a little bit until I feel like, you know what, the sun's getting a little warm. I'd like to go in. I'm going to bring this thing back in. That's not the casting. This type of casting means like skipping the rock on the lake 
and tossing it as hard as you can. I mean, I'm talking about like the best skipping rock that you've, everybody, everyone have one of those really great ones? Like out of nowhere where you just do the, and it's just, right, just going right out into the lake, way out there. My challenge would be you is now go find that rock. Like, Pastor Jason, I can't, it would take me all day. Exactly, exactly. Take that care and skip it out onto the lake. Cast it out there with all your might and then leave it out there because guess what? God's got it. You can't rest if you're holding on to these things. And why does he take those cares? He says, because he cares for you. Praise God. Verse 8. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary... The devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Our action item here is be alert. Be alert. Yes, you can rest. You have to cast your cares, but you have to be alert. You have to know that there's an enemy that's going to try to steal your rest. You have to understand that he's roaming around. Hmm. I heard so-and-so is going to try to take a rest this week, a little Sabbath away from their time of work, trying to really enter and press into the Lord. Let me see how many things I can throw at him this week. You think that the enemy isn't going to up the attack when you make a conscious decision of you're going to go try to take a Sabbath and begin to I can tell you it's happened in our lives. We, we did a whole formal, like a super formal Ackerman family day of Sabbath. I'm not necessarily recommending that. That was wild. There's a lot of kids. When you got a lot of kids that try to actually literally do all of your work and then like do no work on that one day and you still have like a baby in diapers, you're like, who's going to change that diaper? You're just like, I'm not supposed to work. No, it's not to be so, be so you, know, like, you know, religious in it. It's saying it's an attitude and it's an atmosphere. And it's this intentionality of saying, you know what? I do. I need to take some time and rest. So we have to be alert. We have to know there's an enemy out there. We have to take inventory of our time. Take inventory. Where is your time? The Bible talks about where your treasure, your heart is. Well, where is your treasure on your time? Where are you spending your time? And then verse 9 says, resist him. Resist him. You want to actively rest? You have to actively resist the enemy. Because he's going to come after you. It says he's roaming around. But the Bible also says that the devil must flee when we resist him. And then we have to be steadfast in the faith. Steadfast in the faith. We have to stand firm. We have to believe that with him in six days is more than without him in seven days. We have to learn how to say no to things. Anybody have trouble saying no to stuff? It's hard sometimes to say no. We must believe we can do more with him than without him. I would encourage you that you may have to start small. You say, well, Pastor Jason, I don't even know where to begin. Look, I'm not here to tell you exactly how you have to do it because you have to hear from the Lord and you have to design and say, Lord, what do you want from me? I know what he's calling us to. 
and what it looks like for us, but you have to ask yourself. My job is to tell you what the Bible says and to challenge you, and it's your job to go figure out what does that mean for your life. How do you execute that in your life? It says, knowing the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. So know that you're not alone. And verse 10, here's the promise. So if we cast our cares, if we are alert, if we are resisting the devil, knowing that he's roaming around, we actually are able to rest, because here's what it says in verse 10. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you had suffered a while, yes, this is going to feel like a little bit of suffering sometimes. It's going to be a challenge. It's something we have to grow in. After you suffer for a while, he will perfect, he will establish, he will strengthen, and he will settle you. Sounds like rest. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Sid, if you want to come up here. So what does this actually look like in your life? Again, I would challenge you to ask the Lord some specifics on what it looks like. My guess is it's probably not more technology. It probably has to do with less. It's going to look different if you've got kids versus not having kids. We have to remember, and listen, I talked about this on the way here, you actually have to plan for this to happen. Church, you have to actually plan for this to happen. You can't just wake up one day and be like, mm, yep, today's the day. I'm, not, I'm just going to you know, enter it. What are you going to do? If you don't know what you're going to do, if you don't have a plan, if you haven't said, you know what, I'm going to read the Bible, I'm going to pray, I'm going to go for a walk in nature, I'm going to reach out to my family member. If you don't have a plan of what you're going to go do on this Sabbath, it will not happen. Because you'll wake up and you'll open up your phone and you'll see that email that distracts you. You'll see that Facebook post that gets you all torqued up about something regarding something. That's going on. You have to plan. You have to learn to say no. You see, if you looked at Martha, you'd be like, well, Martha was doing a good thing. She was working hard. She was serving. But what is God asking for you in a particular moment? You need to know that. And sometimes the best answer is to say no. And you have to be led by peace. You have to be led by peace. So my challenge to you guys in the month of June is to begin to work this into your life. Work this into your life. Start small. Because I can tell you that America and even the church I truly believe, sees the repercussions of us as a nation not slowing down periodically. I think our marriages are reflective of it. Our parenting is reflected on it. Our relationship with the Lord is a reflection in it. And it comes back to it's one of the Ten Commandments that the God is he's asking us to do. He's challenging us to do. And I believe we can do it in this time. I'm going to ask, uh, honey, if you want to come up here. 
Bring the microphone, please. I would like Andy and Paul to come up. These guys are going to pray for us. Because we're going to take a time of rest. And these two men have been hugely supportive of this effort. Because sometimes you need someone in your life to push you along a little bit. To help you and say, you know what, this is good for you. You guys need to do this. And I ask that they would come up and that they would just lay hands on us. And they would pray for us. And that you guys would pray for us as well. Because we will be praying for you. And then I'll close the service out and we can pray for others. Hallelujah. Thank you. Stretch your hands towards them today, please. Father, we're just so grateful for Pastor Jason and Pastor Liz. Father, first of all, I want to thank you for the call on their lives. When I met them a long time ago, I thought, these folks need to be in ministry. And God, you directed them that way. So, Father, right now we want to ask that you bless them through the next month. Father, we thank you for rest. Rest. And then, Father, we thank you for direction. We thank you that you give them wisdom and you show them how every crooked path can be made straight. Father, we just thank you for a double portion of the Holy Ghost to fall upon them. And we thank you that that anointing will flow through them. Thank you for miracles that lie ahead for this church. We give you praise and honor right now, Lord. We just thank you that no weapon formed against them or their family will prosper. Satan, you are bound in Jesus' name. You cannot hinder the ministry. You cannot hinder their, their family in any way. We'll be careful, Lord, to give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Father, we once again thank you for them and thank you for their children. We thank you for this family, Father. And I ask, we ask, Father, that you would fill their home with your peace, with your presence. Lord, that there would just be unity and joy and life and freedom. guys. All right, guys, stand with me. I want to say a, just a benediction over you guys. There are some prayer teams that will be down here in the front. They'll be able to pray with you this morning. If you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, don't leave today. Don't leave today without making that decision and praying with these guys up here. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, they can pray with you this morning.
you need healing in your body in any way, shape, or form, come up here and get prayer. I know it's Memorial Day weekend, and I don't know if you got stuff to do, but I only sort of care. I don't want you guys to leave without getting prayed for. And so there's some great prayer teams up here that will pray for you. But let me say this over you guys. But may the God of all grace, who called us to His eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To Him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen? Amen. And amen. You are dismissed. Happy Memorial Day.